It's Wednesday, November 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Seth Jason, back in the studio. Thanks for being here. Can everyone see my double guns? No, it's an audio podcast. Hear the snap, and then we go. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's, it's. I forget why I left. Contract dispute? Uh, that was it. I'm gl- I was glad your people worked that out with my people. Um, this is good. We've got some earnings. We've got some retail, uh, including from your neck of the woods back in Minnesota, the Target. The Target. Uh, but before, used to be part of the Daytons the, back the Daytons. in the days. Uh, before we get to that, though, we should probably uh, just set the stage with the consumer spending numbers, which came out today from the or nice the, people at the U.S. Department of Commerce. The retail sales, right? Uh, yeah. Retail sales. And um, looking good. Latest numbers uh, for October looked pretty good. They revised yeah. September upwards. It was the biggest back-to-back increase in two and a half years. And the biggest... Trailing twelve month increase in two years. Yeah. So. So I, I guess among other things, what I'd like to say is to all the retailers out there and all the restaurants, to all the businesses who disp- who who, uh, who depend on uh, U.S. consumers, uh, you you don't have nearly the excuse that you might have thought you had. You read that Bloomberg story too, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, here here's my here's the I was looking at a graph. Here's my graph. Can you see it through the microphone, everybody? No. no. It was actually really car heavy, especially the uh, the, the September uh, numbers. Uh, general merchandise down a little bit better uh, from the previous year, but not so good. October uh, a little bit better than September's uh, even upward revision. But it's 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 mostly like half of it is cars at this point. People are still crazy for cars, and I don't know are the car dealerships uh, or the manufacturers. I guess they're still doing the like seven thousand dollar cash back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I hear it once in a while. I'm not really in the market. Furniture and restaurants not doing so well at the moment. I made a little list here: good versus bad. At least over, uh, I looked more at it uh, year over year. So doing well at this point in time: home and garden, grocery stores, sporting goods. Uh, doing badly: uh, electronics and appliances. I see. I spelled electronics with an X. Wow, shameful. <laughs> and uh, department stores also doing horribly. Um, the thing to notice as an investor here is that this is not uh, these sectors or the performance in these sectors is not a great way to figure out where to invest. For instance, grocery stores doing all right on sales. Try and find a decent one to invest in. We've got one at Hidden Gems. Uh, the thesis there was just stop being terrible, and and <laughs> we, we and don't we need you to be, be great. And yeah, and that even hasn't worked out. Uh, sporting goods. Uh, you know, a little bit of a bankruptcy lately. Dick's doing uh, a little bit better, but um, Home and Garden, big earnings from Home Depot. Uh, less so from Lowe's, which we will so get from to. Lowe's, yeah. So should we get to it now? We can we'll do, do that. It. Yeah. Tee it up, and then I'll, and I'll give you the I'll give you the why this is uh, this is you know why you can't just go for the sector or the industry. And this is, uh, I think the um, the headline I saw on Barron's uh, sums it up for me uh, with respect to Lowe's latest quarter. Shocking, no. Disappointing, yes. Uh, and this is a, th- a theme, or rather a trend that we've seen for well over a year now, with Home Depot reporting, and Lowe's comes out the next day, and the one thing you can almost take to the bank is, however Home Depot did. Lowe's is going to do slightly worse, and I would argue that this quarter they did 
It was more than slightly worse. A little bit more worser. A little bit more worser. Uh, they missed. They missed on everything. They missed on profit, on revenue. Their comps were lower than expected. About and half a Home Depot's. Something yeah. Like Two point seven instead of the five point something Home Depot was yeah. turning in. Yeah. Yeah. Home Depot had five and a half percent comps, and yeah. and also, and this is probably as much as anything. What's sending shares of Lowe's down about eight percent this morning is their guidance. They, yeah. they they did not shy away from just saying, "Yeah, look, this this ain't great." Which is strange. Traffic has been a problem for them. Home Depot was pretty much all sunshine and sugar cookies, and uh, so I don't, I can't honestly tell you why. I go to Home Depot more because it's close to where I am. That you know, there's a the a Lowe's is further away, and I can't tell you that shopping at Home Depot is even a decent experience. There's never anybody who can answer my questions. And really? I, yeah, largely I have to have everything figured out before I go there. But you know, if I go online. It tells me which aisle and which bay to find the thing I'm looking for, and then I'm usually okay. So I have no idea why they're doing so much better than Lowe's. Uh, somebody must think they do. Could it just be brand? I mean, there's 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 strange reasons that these kinds of things happen. Um, better at I'm 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 guessing it's got to be more than that. Better advertising, uh, reaching the right uh, constituencies, something like that. For me, the the proximity is the same thing. the The Home Depot is closer to my home than the Lowe's is. Um, I've been to Lowe's; it's fine. Uh, but uh, but I, unlike you, I I've found uh, the Home Depot staff to be very helpful because I I almost always walk in there. I, not almost always. Half the time I walk in there, I need help. Hmm. Half the time I know what I'm looking for. I get it. I'm fine. But half the time I need some sort of help. And, and I'm I'm always reminded because this is how long I've lived in the D.C. area. I'm always reminded of the uh, now defunct um, regional competitor to Home Depot and Lowe's that was in the D.C. area uh, called Heckinger's. And I don't know if you, if by the time you moved here, Heckinger's no, was still that's in like existence. Smeckler's powders to me. <laughs> yeah. So Heckinger's, uh, their the business uh, thesis behind Heckinger was, we're going to serve the do-it-yourself home improvement people who don't need any help. So we're gonna we're gonna have almost no staff out in the aisles. Wow, that seems really bad. Yeah, it was, and the Heckinger was really close to my home. And I, I quickly figured out, no, 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 I can't go here because I need help. So I'm going to drive the extra few miles to get to Home Depot. When I need help, I actually go to somewhere like an Ace. It seems like the people there it, it tend to be kind of like uh, licensed stores or something. It seems like there's more of a more of a guy there. Looks like maybe my grandfather who can help me out. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Good for Home Depot, uh, Lowe's. Years ago, this was switched, right? Yeah. So. The, yeah, when Bob Nardelli was running Home Depot. Boy, that was a that was probably a pretty good time to be in Lowe's and and far away from Home Depot. Yeah. We can move back to Target then. We right? can, yeah. Um, holy cow, Target getting it done. Uh, their profit came in much higher than expected, and uh, unlike Lowe's guidance, Target's guidance heading into the all important holidays, uh, pretty pretty optimistic. But but optimistic. Uh, the way I looked at it, I kind of took the opposite view. Is it was sort of as the not as bad as expected variety of of, of yes. excellence. Yes. Because Target sales still down, right? Comps still down, still still looking for a comps down. A, not as much as as people exactly, thought they would be just down. Not doing as badly as people thought. Now this is actually consistent with those retail sales number, department stores, and or kind of uh, 
uh, warehouse stores. That, I guess, technically Target's sort of a department store. I kind of lump it in more with the, the warehouse stores, too. It's Like it's Costco? A, a little bit. I mean, it's kind of got that feel, right? I, I feel like Walmart, Target, Costco, Sam's Club are all sort of the same thing. Anyway, all not doing so well right now, at least in the aggregate. Target had a sales drop and was guiding for more of the same. And so, uh, but you know, you do better than people expect, and 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 the headlines are different, and the stock results are different. So, there you go. Was there? I don't know if you saw anything, and I haven't. I haven't looked at the call. Um, if there was any talk about the, you know, one of the big stories for Target, maybe the biggest story last year was uh, the the pharmacy switch, where they basically said, "We're done with our own pharmacies." We're um, hiving that off, and and CVS Health can can just go ahead and run them. Um, I didn't look at how that I didn't look at how that turned out, but I will note that in the uh, retail sales number, uh, pharmacy and home care has been has been those stores have been doing well. So I can only imagine that. However, Target is ha, ha, if they've managed to improve their profitability in that area by hiving off the pharmacies, then uh, maybe maybe. Maybe they're consistent with the results. Hopefully, that center of the store has been doing better for them. Brian Cornell's really done a good job in the time that he's been running Target because, and we and we've seen this with companies in different industries where um, the challenge for the management, or not really the challenge, but sort of the direction that management takes is we need to be more focused. And we've seen that with Procter & Gamble over the past few years, just methodically shedding and selling off different brands so that they can become more focused. And that's clearly Brian Cornell's uh, approach mm-hmm. when you look at not just what he did with pharmacy, but just the, the way that uh, Target has Focused on the in-store experience and sort of what is going to, uh, what is going to get people in the door and what is going to get them spending money. Yeah. Well, hopefully, they can follow up on on the kind of focus and uh, and cost cutting uh, with a little bit more traffic, a little bit more uh, sales growth. Because the the problem is you you can't only focus so much when you're kind of losing your sales or or you've got flat sales. Eventually, you have to turn things around. But there are quite a few companies that I follow that are in. Similar positions, and unfortunately, have been that way for a while. But there are also, you know, big winners out there too. I mean, how does like we just had Home Depot's uh, Home Depot versus Lowe's? What's the difference? Well, you can bet the people at Lowe's are trying to figure it out. When, when we are in this uh, time of the year, and uh, you know, uh, already you, you can look at the stories online about Target's latest quarter. And uh, the phrase "Black Friday" is appearing in some of them, and just sort of like, "Oh, they had this this great quarter, and it's not even Black Friday yet." When you look at retailers, and you can go niche, or general, take this in any direction you want, but is there a group that you think, boy, they really need a hit this this last six weeks of the year? They need to do better. Yeah. Chase department stores, but. I think they're going the way that I don't think anyone's shopping there, and I guess Target probably fits into that fits into that category. But I'm thinking more along the lines of the more traditional department store that everybody's got in their head, like the Macy's type department Coles. store, Cold Bloomingdale, something like that. Just continuing to do horribly, you know, getting pounded by online sales. Um, most of them unable to enter that that arena and compete. And then being hit uh, on the other side, so they've, you've got sort of an Amazon 
type competitor taking business, uh, you know, one side. And then on the other side, you've got, uh, you know, specialists. So I'm thinking of something like a, a, a Lululemon or somebody like that uh, competing on the high end. And they, to an extent, they've always had a little of both. But boy, they're just really, really continuing on a downward trajectory like they have been for years. That is, I would love to say, let's get to it, department stores. But uh, I'm pretty sure that that's just a long, slow glide path into the dirt. Well, and part of what we saw with Target was, was their e-commerce. Mm-hmm. I think I think the number I saw was 26 percent increase year over year. So I mean, they're they're at least making that effort. And, yeah. and and you know, at this point, they're big enough and established enough that they should be growing yeah. their e-commerce at that rate. Yeah, right now bricks and mortar stores that can get that can catch up on e-commerce or who have been better at it from the beginning are really kind of separating themselves from the others. This Sunday, uh, the Motley Fool is one of the sponsors for the Run for Shelter here in Alexandria. This is uh, a race that benefits the Carpenter Shelter, which is a great organization that we do some work with and there's uh, there's a 1-mile fun run. This is Sunday morning. At eight o'clock here in Alexandria, there's a one-mile fun run. There's a 5K. There's a 10K. Uh, I will tweet out the the link on the Market Foolery Twitter feed. But uh, but uh, come out and join us if you're in the DC area. Uh, I'm going to be running. Uh, Allison Southwick, who hosts Motley Fool Answers, will be there. Christine Harges, one of the hosts of Industry Focus, is going to be out running. Are you going to be running with air quotes? Because it wasn't so long ago you. You mashed yourself up in the marathon. As 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 I've told people around here, I, I am going to be running. I'm going to be the guy in the back. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> uh, but you just did. You're you're wearing your Richmond Marathon from a couple shirt years ago. Yeah. From oh, from a couple of years ago. You, 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 you were did, just down in I, Richmond. I did earn the I did earn the latest one. They give it to you the day before the race these days. Most uh, most races, so you you have to go out and earn it the next day. Exactly. I think they should hand it to you after the race. I'm old school. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I suffered through that and then limped a lot afterwards, being being injured and not knowing enough to not do a marathon while injured. How was the weather? Because there you've done the, the Richmond Marathon a couple of times where the weather has been horrific. Well, just like cold rain. No, it wasn't rainy. It's only it's only done the cold rain thing to us once, I think. Maybe, yeah. Usually Richmond is is pretty darn cold, a little bit windy, and then gets up into the fifties. And it was it was true to form this year. Although the wind the wind didn't really show up, so it was gorgeous. Great great spectator weather. I even probably got a little bit of a sunburn. There was, I was going slowly enough this year to be able to take, partake in the bourbon at mile twenty two. Chase it with a chocolate gel. Wait a minute. They get, who's handing out bourbon at Just mile twenty two? Some. Some dudes. Some dudes. Some so it's dudes. Not, it was Jim Bean. I was gonna say yeah, because I've seen it every year, but usually at Richmond, I'm running, <laughs> I'm running kind of a hot pace, and so I don't want to risk barfing all over. I'll take beer when I'm running fast, but not uh, hard liquor. So this time I got this time around, I got to have the bourbon and chase it with a beer, and then chase that with some flat coke. It was great. <laughs> so there were. It's actually a little tipsy for about mile twenty three. At the at the Marine Corps Marathon, at the halfway point out at Haynes Point, there were two women who were wearing donut costumes. They were handing out donuts. And yes. I don't know if they were handing, and I did not take one, um, and I don't know if they were handing these out, but they clearly had mimosas on hand, because there was a huge bottle of orange juice I saw on their table and a couple of bottles of champagne. And they, they looked like they had been partaking for a while, so good you for can, them. You can get good mimosas at the uh, Roanoke uh Blue Ridge Marathon. There's a couple of places handing out mimosas, and uh, where else have I had a good mimosa? I think that, in the would, I of think race? that would be awful. 
No, it's not bad. And I'm a bourbon fan. I think I think a shot of Jim Beam would be awful during the race. Beer is actually I prefer that towards the end, but there's actually a reason other than just hey, I'm drinking beer in a marathon, which is you know as long as it's a decent a decent beer that's a little bit bitter, it gets that crummy sugary gel taste out of your mouth, and you've you've had that in your mouth for hours at this point and you're yeah. just dying for anything different so so that's actually a pretty good uh, palate cleanser well i have to i have to thank you because i I've, I've talked a little bit about the marathon before on this podcast and uh matt Kopenheffer, our colleague in germany uh gave me some advice early on but more so than anyone you were an incredible help to me along the way i have done very, very many and have made almost all the mistakes now <laughs> And 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 you were the, you were the person I went to after about six weeks before the marathon when I attempted a twenty mile run that resulted in me lying on the side of the trail, um, being rescued by complete strangers. And, <laughs> and you, I said, no problem. You, you sort of talked me through, like, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, that's that happens. You're you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And you in fact, fine. you were right. So I appreciate. It. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And thanks for being here. Yeah, it's fun. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.